This is Metal Recall, episode 22. My name is Nal Hope, and as always, I'm joined by Aaron Cascala. How's it going, bud? It's going good. It's been a, a long time coming. We're, we're back in the sad, saddle doing, it, doing this again. Indeed. Uh, before we get started, um, I thought we should acknowledge some pretty cool news that the podcast has had recently, and that is that we received word the podcast was actually doing quite well out in India, which is some very welcome, yet potentially surprising news. So... Aaron, I was wondering, do we have a little message for anyone listening out in India? Sure, absolutely. Uh, I'd I just give a shout out and, and props, mad respect to uh, to the listenership and uh, people taking the time to listen to us, uh, at least listen to me flop my mouth. Uh, <laughs> I've probably only gone back and listened to uh, a couple of them myself, but uh, it's it's appreciated, so thanks. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I must confess that I... My knowledge of the metal scene out in India is very, very basic. So if anybody out in India is listening to the podcast um, and wants to put some suggestions yes, of, of good Indian good, metal yeah. bands to us, we'd we'll be happy to check them out and uh, potentially do an episode about them in the future. So back to today's task. We're here to uh, review uh, the tw- 2004 release by Swedish... Uh, heavy metal band The Haunted. The album in title is Revolver, um, and it's this is uh, my suggestion for today. I'm in the in the hot seat. Before I get into why I selected this album, I just wanted to know if you were familiar at all with The Haunted before we we dove in and listened to this one. Uh no. It's uh, if anything, it's 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 quite fitting for for the pod because. Like a lot of these things that kind of come out of the woodwork, whether it's from me or from you, are, are, are bands that aren't necessarily um, getting mainstream attention. Um, I've always known of them. They've always been, you know, in the background, uh, consistent. Uh, I'm on the Wikipedia. They've been they've been around for quite some time. Uh, put out quite quite a discography. So. Uh, yeah, in that sense, it's good to, to dive in and, and really um, get into uh, the depths of, of one of their albums. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'll, you'll be familiar with um, At The Gates, which is, uh, this band was formed the day after At The Gates disbanded, and uh, a couple of the members were original members of At The Gates, which is pretty cool. Um, okay, wow. And I remember... Here in the Haunted, for the first time, I think I got a a compilation CD through Metal Hammer or Kerrang! magazines uh, back in the day, um, and they had there was a track, a Haunted track called Hollow Ground, okay, on it, which is from the the album, uh, one of the albums previous to this, The Haunted made me do it, um, and I remember it was around a similar time. Now we know. Um, We'll get into 2004 a little bit later, but it was around a similar time that I was really getting into In Flames, Soil Work, that Swedish melodic death metal scene, of which The Haunted have been associated. They probably, in my mind, kind of lean a little bit more thrash than those two aforementioned bands. Yeah. But um, rather like you, I'd I'd heard the name. I was uh, very familiar with, with them being on the scene, but never really... Driven to, uh, driven too deep um, on them until this album came around, and this was the album that kind of made me um, 
a big fan of the band and then I kind of went back and familiar with sort of the first five six ish albums that they they put out um which, which song was on the compilation hollow ground got it as a good sort of driving thrash definitely got echoes of that Swedish um death metal melodic death metal scene um but I mean since I, I'm not up to date with the band too much these days but this album was something that I thought that would be really I really wanted to put it in front of you I thought you might enjoy it um and I remember uh that um actually had a chance to see The Haunted in around oh, really 2007 in Newcastle um nice it was supported by Municipal Waste which we've both seen at Warsaw it's been amazing where was the show um it was must have been the, I think it was uh, what was called at the time the Carlin Academy. Oh, okay. Which is just like a, it was like a smaller, wasn't wasn't a big venue, but it was like a nice intimate setting. Um, one of the one of the first times I remember hearing of Municipal Waste as well. So that was a pretty good pretty good show to go to. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, we had a blast at that show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pierogies. <laughs> oh yeah, Warsaw. They're coming back, you know. They're playing Warsaw um, either later this year or next year. Nice. I think we should go check it out. Yep. But I mean, back to um, Revolver, which is the album in title uh, for the for the show. Um, one thing that made me think that this would be a good album to discuss, as well as I've dug into a little bit of the the reviews, the reception. It's definitely an album that kind of represented a little bit of a shift for the band. They they sort of opened up their range, introduced different tempos, different types of uh, music, introducing a bit more groove um, and mid, mid-tempo stuff. And I think that for that reason, it was a little bit divisive. And we'll sort yeah. of get to that yeah. in a bit of the reviews. But, you know, we, we tend to like to discuss these albums that divide opinion. It's it's another thing that kind of creates quite an interesting dialogue. Always. <laughs> so I'll just give you a little bit of uh, background into the band. Nothing too detailed, but for anybody that isn't familiar with The Haunted, um, as I mentioned, uh, they were formed out of the ashes of At The Gates in 1996 in Gothenburg, Sweden. Um, they have had, over the years, they've had... Um, a few different members. They're currently uh, fronted by Marco Arrow, who um, he's not the vocalist in question on this album, but he performed on the second and third albums, um, Revolver being the fourth, and then has recently rejoined the band and is currently fronting. Um, but they have, at the time of this recording for Revolver, they were fronted by Peter Dolvin. Um, there are two brothers in the band, or at least were in the band at the time, Jonas and Anders Bjorla mm. on bass and lead guitar, uh, respectively. Adrian Erlandsen, who is on drums, and Patrick Jensen, who is on rhythm guitar. And both Patrick Jensen and Jonas Bjorla are the two um, sort of ever present in the band. Now they're categorized as thrash metal, melodic death metal, groove metal. As we mentioned before, they obviously are sort of associated with that Swedish melodic death metal scene, but 
probably, like I said, probably lean more to thrash, definitely more so towards that sort of thrash style than in flames or soil, yeah. soil work, I think. I'd go as far as to say more of a, even more of a punk and hardcore influence. Definitely. Which I mean, is, which is obviously going to be the thrash element, but it, it's, I mean, like punk and like hardcore punk, like the vocals, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, uh, that's why one of the things just jumping ahead a little bit that I, yeah. I really like about this band is that I think that element of a, of a singer that leans to sort of punk and hardcore um, sensibilities just adds like a bit of a unique flavor yeah. to, to these guys, which I think is, is really, really cool. Screaming like his life depends on it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so they've had uh, nine studio albums. Um, starting from uh, their self-titled debut in 1998. Revolver in 2004 was the fourth album of Nine. But while we are on the subject of 2004, and before we get too far into um, the, uh, the, the rundown of the album, I wonder if you would just give us a little bit of a flavor of what was going on in 2004. It's obviously not the first time that we've been here, but... Um, uh, always worth going back and taking a look at what was going on. Yep, uh, we've done this year before. Uh, plenty, plenty of stuff going on. Uh, newly formed bands. Uh, one I'm always been fond of. Speaking of bridging the gap uh, between some death metal and black metal, Abigail Williams, uh, Alestorm, which never made it mainstream but they're kind of like a pirate metal band <laughs> uh the big guns architects uh newly formed as well mm -hmm. um another lesser known but i think there's only two albums from this band beneath the sky um let's see here um genghis tron yep. another uh abstract uh metal band russian circles uh not sure if you're a fan of them i know of them i i wouldn't classify myself as a fan though don't know much about them scar symmetry you familiar with them yes i had a couple They're... of scar symmetry albums back in the day nice. very very heavy on the synth yeah but i think th i think one of their albums like won won a lot of awards i don't know which which album i can't remember the name of the album but there's an album that won some pretty big awards in europe um yeah. reformed uh in 2004 megadeth and motley crew class mm. classic um, albums, so many good ones. Uh, let's try to blow th through these here. Um, Behemoth, Black Label Society, Cannibal Corpse, Cradle of Filth, Danzig, Decapitated, um, uh, Dragon Force, uh, wow. Enslaved, um, Fear Factory, Archetype, what an album. Uh, Fin Troll, another weird <laughs> band. Guar. Um, Isis, Killswitch Engage, Lamb of God, Ashes of the Wake, Masterpiece. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Mastodon Leviathan, never heard of it. Um, <laughs> uh, Megadeth, The System Has Failed, Meshuggah, um, Ministry, uh, wow, Motorhead. I'm wondering if that's one of their last ones. Neurosis, yeah. uh, Pig Destroyer, Propane, Fistful of Hate. Yes. Uh, Shout out to Simon Ramstein. 
Rotting Christ. Shout out to Simon. <laughs> <laughs> what a year for Simon. Uh, Slipknot, Volume 3. Um, Soulfly, Prophecy, another good one. Uh, Static X, Suffocation, uh, Unearth. Um, I guess we can throw this in there. Velvet Revolver, Contraband. I was watching some videos on, on those guys. That's right, Ooh. yeah. Um, uh, disbandments, disbandments um, which will be a segue to events. Um, wow, Prayer for Cleansing. That's a super rare band from North Carolina that I can't believe I'm seeing on here. Um, and then a, um, there's a black metal band, Windeer. And then, of course, uh, the sad uh, state for Damage Plan. Um, mm -hmm. Former Pantera guitarist Dimebag Daryl was murdered on stage while performing in Ohio. Um, rest in peace, guitarist from Body Count. Uh, Ice-T's metal project uh, dies from lymphoma at age 45. That's too young. Um, what else? Um, yeah, those are the big ones. Obviously, Dave Mustaine. Um, reforms. Yeah, I think the uh, the biggest one and the biggest loss was to rest in peace, Dimebag Daryl. Yeah, and they damaged plan. Yeah, put out newfound power that year, didn't they? And that's certainly the biggest news to come out of this this year. But you know, that to one side, there was some really really good albums this year. That's for sure. I mean, just just thinking about it right now, I was. Just on a side note, I saw a really cool Jimi Hendrix t-shirt, retro t-shirt the other day, and I was like, I pondered all the time, if Jimi Hendrix was still around, if Dimebag Darrell was still around, what those guys would be doing, influence, influencing metal today, would probably be mind-blowing. Yeah. I think there's just there's no doubt about that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you never know how these things are going to would have worked out it's always like interesting to speculate but on a similar note i watched um a documentary which i'm not sure if you'll have it, I, i'm not sure if you've seen it but it's um kirk cobain montage of heck yes i've seen it yeah uh, uh, i've watched all of them they all kind of make me angry but <laughs> fascinating yeah nauseating yeah like, yeah really fucked up yeah really well executed incredible documentary but that was the best one i've seen when i was watching it you know you're watching some of the the the, the sort of footage of them performing and I, I was probably a little bit too young to kind of comprehend it at the time but it made me think if if kirk cobain was still around yeah obviously there's no guarantee that nirvana would have stayed together sure but in a in a world where they did stay together I think they could possibly be the biggest band in the world right now. I I can't argue with that. It's, it's because, like, it, because they were at the, at at that moment. I mean, yeah, not to get sentimental, but I I'm not, I do you remember where you were when he died? I remember where I was. It was I mean, we got September 11th, we got moments, you know, when people were, you know, my mother remembers where she was when when JFK was assassinated. It's like I know exactly where I was when I got the news that that did Kurt Cobain uh, had passed? So yeah, you've got some years on me. They were I was, massive. I was only. I was, <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
I would have only been ace at the time. So I know, I got what I asked for. <laughs> it is unfortunately um, sunny. Lo- lost on me at that time. Back but, in the day, Sonny. Yeah, but it's like you said with, with Dime, like where would where would they be? What would they be doing? Like it's it's crazy to think about. Well, that's 2004 out of the way. Um, back to the Haunted and the album in, t- in question, Revolver. It was released on the 18th of October, 2004. Um, interesting sort of story running through the, the sort of conceptual thought of the album. You'll have noticed the way that it's spelt, the way that the, it's depicted on the album cover. Yeah. Lowercase R's on uh, flanking the word evolve through the middle uh, not so subtle but um, there's also different album covers yeah I'm going or at least different different thumbnail of clip art I don't know yeah I've seen that one's terrible I yeah. mean the uh, <laughs> I'm going on the the uh, the red cover with yep, the, yep. with the hand but obviously it's a not too subtle way to say we're looking to evolve our style and um, and kind of be a little bit more expansive. As I mentioned before, um, this album saw Peter Dolvin once again back in the band, so he kicked off um, in The Haunted, did the debut album, he dropped out for the, the follow-up, the sophomore release, and the third album, and was back in the fold for Revolver. Um, but it's sort of classified as uh, we, we've we talked about this already but thrash with the elements of melodic death and, and groove but you also mentioned the hardcore the the punk that obviously goes in line with the idea that they're trying to evolve and expand their sound there's the element of sort of more mid-tempo stuff but a few songs that you could maybe describe as ballads as well which um or at least sort of the haunted's version of a ballad. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know if it's a full-on ballad, but I, I just, I, my notes are like it's just more bluesy and kind of twangy, bluesy and southern and yeah, slower, chuggy and. It's not. It's not a ballad in the traditional sense. No, it's, it's, you know, sometimes you think in metal, a ballad is classified a ballad if it's clean guitars. And right. like just the just the hint of a bit of melody. Whereas actually, I think that the the clean parts on this album or the ballads are just exceptionally creepy. Actually, I was gonna say I was just gonna say echo that. Yeah, I'll echo that. Slow, eerie, creepy, and actually haunting sounding, haunted. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, it's it's not a ballad in the kind of you know you right. think of a ballad being more kind a love of, song. A love song. It's definitely not that. Um, yeah, track 12, Smut King, not a love song. Nope. Woo! <laughs> we, we'll, we'll get to that, actually. Um, you know, it's, it's funny that you bring up, interesting that you bring up the... Smut. Smut. Interesting that you bring up the, the track listings, because, you know, as I was doing a little bit of, doing our background to this, I realized that there's actually two tracks on here that are, are classified as bonus tracks, and yet they sit not as bonus tracks traditionally would at the end they've been incorporated into the the track listing oh yeah 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 fire, fire alive fire alive and, and smut king 
Um, now, I've, I've never listened to the album, never had a copy of the album that didn't have these tracks. Mm-hmm. As, and obviously on Spotify, you get the deluxe edition. So I, I, we've both listened to the expanded edition with those, yeah. those tracks in. Uh, did you know um, that the lead singer of Sick of It All, Lou Collar, uh, co-vocals on Who Will Decide? Really? Yeah. Holy shit. I'm a massive fan. I, I think that that's... I was listening to it today because i just come across that news as well, but I think it's in the call and response on the on the uh, chorus, which is pretty cool. But well, you, there we go, New York Hardcore. You probably wouldn't, you wouldn't, probably wouldn't have known that if you didn't read about it, but maybe Well, that's... I mean, he, he's, he's got a distinct voice, and I'm, again, I'm a massive fan, um, so yeah, I can't wait to go back and give that one a spin. Um... I won't touch too much on the um, the reviews, but I did want to bring a few of them up. I, in general, I read more good reviews than bad. Uh, Blabbermouth gave it 8 out of 10. All Music, 4.5 out of 10. Um, but um, as this album does expand the sound, does, yeah. does represent a bit of a... Not a departure, but an evolution, as the album title would uh, suggest for the band. It has split opinion on a few, so I, I found two really good reviews that really contrast this nicely. Um, and one thing that I did, I did read, slightly critical. There's obviously been two, two vocalists within the history of the Haunted. Peter Dolphin, who is the the vocalist on this album, brings a very more sort of hardcore flair to yeah. his, his approach. Marco Arrow, um, the other vocalist, I believe, is just a bit more of a more of a thrash vocalist. But um, I did find some criticism that maybe the sort of hardcore style feels a little bit out of place, which I totally disagree with. Yeah. But also a suspicion that with his reemergence in the band provoked a broader sort of scope of what they wanted to produce musically. Mm. But. Um, I found a, a, a review on a, a website called Chronicles of Chaos, which gives the album 10 out of 10. Oh, wow. Well, one of the things that sums it up, I'm just going to read from this article. More than anything, though, the key to Revolver's appeal lies in the fact that this time round, the Haunted are confident enough to take chances and make them stick. The best example being the final climatic dirge of My Shadow. In a sense, the reinstatement of Peter Dolvin in the vocalist's booth pr- proves to be another weapon in their already impressive arsenal. Not that I have anything against Marco Arrow's efforts, mind you, but when Dolvin dementedly croons, come a little bit closer so I can see what you taste like on Abysmal, you can't help but feel that a prodigal son has returned back to his rightful home. Certainly, though, if time was off, if time off was what he, what needed uh, what was needed for him to deliver the outstanding performance that he has here, and it was well justified indeed. Hmm. So that article very much is praising um, the sort of the scope of the um, of the album, but I did find a counter to that um, on a on a website called Lambgoat.com. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. And <laughs> this one gets a five out of ten. Yeah. The 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 
long and short of the um, the article is perhaps unsurprising that the the guy that wrote this, Michael Gluck, Gluck, he seems to be someone that maybe doesn't like when bands shift away yeah. from their, their yeah, that's, traditional. That, that's pretty clear. Um, I don't like change. Exactly. I mean, listen. I mean, we've we've discussed this a number of times. Whether it be the Haunted or any other band that tries to evolve, it doesn't always go down. Yeah, doesn't always go down well. But he says in his bottom line, Revolver is a turning point for the Haunted as they incorporate quiet intros, melodic vocal passages, and a drawn-out rock song elements that have never been prominent in their tried and tested formula of thrash metal. Formula being the the key word there. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what decision they they take on the next album. Hopefully, it's a more decided one because this is a far too varied album to be praised for its qualities, which are spread thin and emerge only occasionally on certain songs out of nowhere. This kind of inconsistency is previously unknown to fans of The Haunted, as it is to me, and for that reason, I can't fully support this album. So trail you get. You, you get both sides of the coin with that. Um, but like we said, perhaps unsurprising because any time a band starts to shift its sound, you're going to find some people like myself that appreciate it. I don't think that anything they do on this album feels out of place or feels like, whoa, that's... Right, because you've gone back and listened to, to the rest of their stuff, right? Yeah, and, and that, that, it's definitely a... But it's not as jarring as he makes it out to be. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, we've listened to... Now, how many albums have we reviewed where there is, you know, the introduction of of slower or more melodic, ballady type parts in an album where, like the, the just the dynamic between the heavy and the, sure. and the melodic is is very jarring. I don't well, feel like it feels out of place here. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I guess I guess we just haven't picked an album. That, that has such a jarring shift. No. In other words, we're obviously picking albums that, that we individu- like as individuals, so even if there is some sort of shift, it's something that's accepted. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I don't... Yeah, without really knowing the full background of this band either, um, uh, and being, being a virgin ears to this album, it's definitely got... Uh, dynamic range as we like to use and you can hear a lot of the thrash and hardcore and and heavy metal bits going on but those slower songs if anything they're they will get to it but those are my standouts those 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 are hands down my favorite ones so i I, i'm i'm in full support of 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 them doing what they're doing whatever they want (laughs) there is some um there's some interesting parallels, I think, to the the other album that we reviewed from this year, which was Soundtrack to Your Escape by In Flames. Yeah, good point. Similar good point. Same year, obviously. Another divisive album, right? Exactly. Two bands from the same scene looking to probably introduce a bigger scope. You know, whether you want to say it's more mainstream appeal, I don't know if it necessarily is, but it's certainly, you know, it it will garner a wider sort of fan base and it may alienate some others, but yeah, very like... But even Carcass did stuff like this and people are divided on it. I guess what it comes down to me is, is it fucking good or not? (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm, it's, I'm, it's like looking at a painting. Like, is it good? I, if I, it's good, it's good. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that there's often, like, I'm a, I'm a big uh, thrash fan. And I think that this is often something that, you know, thrash metal is amazing. I love it. But it is limiting to do that for your entire career, I think, if you want to, you know, if there's, there's no shame in wanting to evolve and go to the next level. And I think that a lot of diehard thrash fans often just shit on anything that isn't just balls to the wall thrash all the time. Right. And if it starts, and, and here's where we can segue into something else we've talked about before is, is I, I'm I'm sim, I'm oversimplifying it and saying is it good or not? But the reality is, there are there is a line. Of course, this is again it's all subjective. There is a line you can cross where something. When when we describe things as mainstream, that usually means it's poppier, melodic clean, overproduced, polished, um, simple, I dare say simplified, but again, sometimes simplicity works. Yeah. But when you get all of those things lined up, it can become cringeworthy. Oh, so there, so there is an, there is a certain argument there. If it is too clean, it is too poppy and too melodic, but this album is not doing that at all. No. It's borrowing from, uh, Certain bands, Slayer. Um, <laughs> we'll get into that, but Christ, it's it's killer. Yeah, I, I think there is. Um, where, where I normally stand on it is, if the evolved sound still feels at home within what the bands put out, but like a natural evolution, right, and it's I'm not jarring. If it, with it's it. not just jarring you. Yeah. Now, if you kind of go from one thing to the next, like... Some bands can do that, right? I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but... Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of think, you know, take the Metallica example. If you go from And Justice For All to the Black Album, it's a, it's a huge shift, but it still f- sounds like Metallica. Yeah. But if you go from... Lou Reed, the Lou Reed album, <laughs> that's jarring. Exactly. There's been some missteps along the way, let's just say that. But as long as Lars is happy. Anyways, we're getting sidetracked. We are. So, <laughs> before we get too sidetracked and before we get into our thoughts on the album. Any more reviews? Um, that's all I've got, unless you had something else that you wanted to um, touch no, on. No, most of them are, are pretty um, uh, pretty high up. 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, you got the 10 out of 10. They're definitely referencing Tom Araya from Slayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to, to Lou from... Uh, sick of it all. Um, I mean, that's that's really cool, actually. That's tremendous. I never knew that. I mean, they're fucking legends. So actually, something interesting that we were talking about just before we uh, before we dialed in. Um, even having uh, the lead singer of Sick of It All guest, and and you mentioned like, yeah, that's kind of borrowing from that. You know, stepping into that New York hardcore sound. For a for a Swedish band, especially with the vocals, they are feel like they have a, more of an American sound than like yeah. the likes of In Flames or At the Gates. Or... We'll get we'll get into that when it comes to the critique because 
I'm on the fence with that. I think there's 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 a few things going on there, and you're not you're not wrong with that. And that's what's good and bad about this album. But we can get into that. Cool. Well, let's get speaking of good and bad. Let's have a look at our thoughts on the album cover. <laughs> and as you mentioned, that there seem when you when you Google it, you seem to get quite a few. There's like a an alt sort of version that has like a black silhouette of a suit and like uh some vampire fangs yeah i'm yeah. not i'm not going to talk about that one personally no. but we will talk about the red cover it's got the hand in that kind of uh posterized yeah um heavy on the contrast black and white scratching and then there's the an top. eye in the elbow yeah the inside pit of your elbow yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, but why? I, I've got no idea. It's upside man. down too. It's an upside down eye. I've got no idea what's going on. Like, hold there, on. Let's, but... let's let's turn upside down. Yeah, the eye is upside down. Anyhow, does so it go... does it is there any concept here at all for you? Like, I mean, what do we take from this? Well, uh, again, uh, we'll get into more detail when when we get our. Our, our our opinions in here um, it kind of fits with with part of what I part of my critique of the album which is mostly going back to that Lamb Goat review um, I don't hate the album it's a good album but the 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 lyrics the songwriting the lyrics are to me a bit disjointed and I know we've talked about lyrics before and how they can be abstract. You know, it's 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 an art form in, in itself. Mm-hmm. Ly- writing mm-hmm. lyrics and poetry and abstraction and different meanings and interpretations. But um, I I couldn't quite put much of the lyrics together on this most of this album. No, me neither. There's some pretty loose themes, but in general, I couldn't really connect many of the dots. So in that sense, it's a bit disjointed, which fits with this album cover, which, you know, it, it looks like it belongs... I mean, the band's called The Haunted. You look at this album cover, it looks like it should be a, a horror film poster, uh, posterized hands scraping, leaving, you know, scraping away from that flood of red in the background. We're looking at the inside of the arm, right? What do you mean the inside? That's the cover, no? I mean like that. Oh, the inside of the arm. Yeah. yeah. You're seeing the palm. Yeah, the, the the palm is facing you, and it's as if the, the palm is, is scraping the red background off. And again, for some reason, there's an upside-down eye in the, the pit, the inside of your of of, of your elbow uh, that's upside down, and it's just like a like a cyclops eye staring at you. And then, because we do this for a living, when it comes to typesetting and, and typography, Revolver <laughs> has the word EVOLVE in all caps. So the, the two R's flanking the word EVOLVE are lowercase. So Revolver, like a gun, but we're evolving. It's really abstract and open to interpretation. But in general, uh, it's just bad. Yeah, and if, if if you go back to their other album covers, they didn't really try on those either. 
And, I don't, I don't know, think you could ever... I don't think you'd ever accuse this band of having particularly good artwork. I've always thought the logo was exceptionally strange. It's just like the silhouette of a guy hidden in between the, the U and the N. It's like impact or like... But, you know, it's, it's like you said, I, I feel like everything that they present as a band is kind of... Actually, their, their, their latter-day like album art is... I feel like it's even worse than this. It's almost something quite B-movie kind of... Thrown together at the last minute. Yeah, like that that I kind of like about this. I mean, like the like the contrast, but like you said, the execution's fairly poor. And I think you made a good point that throughout the lyrics, and I was trying to identify themes, I was trying to understand what certain songs mean, um, some of them are it's a little bit more easy to to understand, like Smut King, for example. Um, yeah. But it's hard to fully understand what is being communicated, and I think that does go with the album, with the album art. And I also think the Evolve Within Revolver is... I mean, I, I think it's a little cheesy, and... Yeah, and I cheese... And Some I think cheese elements oozing out. I don't think there's any meaning behind using the word revolver other than the fact that you can smuggle evolve into the middle. Like I don't think there's nothing like there's nothing right. about it. It's just oh, have you noticed that <laughs> you know? You put the evolve in revolver, but why were you using yeah. revolvers? So. Yeah. Yeah, someone had some sort of vision and meaning behind that. What it was we don't know. We'll never we may never know. <laughs> All right. Well, um, give us a give us a rating for this one out of ten. On the artwork. Yeah. Oh, Christ! It gets like a three or a four, just because obviously someone knows how to use a Photoshop filter. Um, <laughs> they get they get a few points. They changed, you know, the haunted logo. Uh, that was already pre-made. They dropped that in. Um. I guess the. the 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 graphic posterized effect is 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 cool in 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 concept, but as we said, it's kind of piss poor in execution. They did decide decide to um, use a different font for the word revolver, and then they clearly had some sort of concept that we don't will never fully understand by making evolve all caps. So it gets it gets it gets some points. For trying, but uh, it's pretty low scoring on the general look and feel, in my opinion. So yeah, it's uh, like a three or a four. I'll meet you on a four All for right. that one. Um, incidentally, have you seen the other front covers that they've done? Their other covers for the other albums. Yeah, that's, I mentioned. I think I mentioned that earlier. They're pretty. They're pretty straight. It's just a black background with the haunted. Yeah. And maybe a stock photo. The cool. Right? The coolest one that they have. And there's a couple of different versions of this. Would be for the the haunted made me do it album, yeah. And it's just shots of famous serial killers across history. Um, yeah. So there's a bit more of a concept there, but the rest of their album covers are pretty poor as far as things go. So let's get into our thoughts on the album. Kick it over to you first. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, um, in general, I enjoyed it. I um, 
getting into the um, the overall sound of this album uh, and the fact that it covers a broad range, definitely some hardcore punk, the huge thrash influence, uh, which runs through most of their albums apparently, uh, the metalcore, uh, riffs for days, good groove, good melody when it when it needs it. Um, but my my standout tracks, hands down, were the the slower, bluesy, uh, Slayer-esque, southern, just eerie, haunting sounding tracks, uh, such as Abysmal and Burnt to a Shell. Uh, just just creepy, eerie, and just just great moments, eerie moments, breakdowns when when riffs kick in and. I mean, it's just headbanging material. It's so good. Yeah. Um, my um. So they do all that well. They 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 do the the thrash the best. Uh, there's some punk and hardcore elements that are great, but again, those are my favorites, the groovy, slower, bluesy ones. But my my biggest critique on the album would be the lyrics because, um, I, I just I'm just not a hundred percent sure if it's. Uh, a simple loss in translation if it's just not his strong point um, vocal wise he sounds incredible I said earlier he's screaming like his life depends on it mm-hmm. uh, props for having Lou from, from Sick of It All you can definitely hear the influence there uh, similar styles uh, and he's consistent throughout the album and when he does slow down for those slower tracks uh, he does Put on, he does turn on some twang somehow, and desp- despite being from Sweden, it, it sounds good to me. Um, so again, I don't know if he's if he's if he's just borrowing from some cliches in lyric writing for metal songs, if he's uh, or if something's just lost in translation. But that's really my only and biggest critique of the album was trying to interpret what any of these songs meant as far as the theme. Um, as far as again, the the auditory side of it, the vocals, the instruments, everything was 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 fantastic. Um, but I think you know I'm gonna probably get a little deeper into picking this album apart lyrically because um, first off, abysmal, hands down my favorite track. Uh, spoiler, we'll get into those. Abysmal is a masterpiece, but. One of those first lyrics, come a little closer so I can see what you taste like. I don't know anyone that wants to look like, look for what you taste like. You probably want to smell what someone tastes like. Um, whatever, semantics. All against all. I'm not sure the meaning of that. There's a, there's a lot, there's a, definitely a, a continuing theme through this album lyrically that's very nihilistic about broken promises, lies, yeah. self-loathing. And just feeling worthless. Oh, hugely. And 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 look not not only looking inwardly but outwardly at the world being just like worthless and not just not going anywhere as far as um, receiving any fulfillment in life. And then um, I mean, a song like "Who Will Decide," the one with with Lou on it. Uh, he's picking apart, you know, misinformation, myth, construction, societal. Uh, you know, societal, uh, social commentary on that. Nothing right. Uh, it's just my notes say it's just nihilistic as fuck. Yeah. Um. And I mean, it makes sense. We we 
we're bound to get into it. Liquid Burns, that song's just about drinking whiskey. Yeah. And he's self-admitted. It's a redneck rite of passage, I think he says, and he, he gets in a good mood when he's drinking whiskey, and and who doesn't, right? Um, I just hope it doesn't get the best of him. Who, who knows where he's um, picking up this redneck vibe from, because... You know, he's in Sweden. Yeah, from Sweden. They have yeah. rednecks in Sweden. I'm not entirely sure. And then it's gonna be awkward, but this is where it felt awkward. Uh, this album's peppered with a song called "Sweet Relief," and then ends up with a song called "Smut King in My Shadow." And these three tracks um, incorporate a lot of su- sexual subject matter. Like yep. a Japanese girl with a taste for absurdity, roped up and screaming for more. Smut King, um, he sings Slip It In. Yep. Um, numerous times, actually. Yeah, it's kind of repeated. That's, my, that's the chorus. That's the chorus, yeah. My shadow, uh, he talks about his shadow disappearing, which is, I mean, you don't get much darker than that. If We've all got a, a shadow side and a light side, but if your shadow's snuffed out, you might as well be dead, but... Or the shadow is taken consumed o- him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the word nymphomania is thrown in there, so there's definitely something hypersexual going on um, lyrically. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you brought that up because we definitely observed the same thing. And I've been listening to this album since it came out, so it was 16 years, and until very recently i had no idea what they were singing about i kind of still don't um because i think you touched on this like i think a lot of the content is i think the lyrics are delivery is a different thing but what the lyrics actually are are written in a way that I think there's a certain level of abstraction that you're not entirely sure but you can pick up on themes um I think the way you described it as being incredibly nihilistic is is bang on the money. I picked up some looser themes of just kind of general defiance, anti-establishment. Yeah. But a huge amount of wallowing in self-pity, um, self-loathing. And this, maybe this idea of kind of judgment and acceptance of yeah. like a darker side, but almost like there is no hope for you because there is a definite throughout the entire album there is like a underlying seedy dirty yeah sexual kind of almost feels like kind of the music that would would sort of accompany like a snuff film or something like i needed a shower i needed a shower after i listened to this album (laughs) I, I didn't after I listened to it, but after I, need I read a shower, the lyrics, I need a shower after talking about this album. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned um, the lyrics on Abysmal, All Against All as well, which is the, the fifth track. The, cor- the chorus, A Perfect Body, A Twisted Mind. And then it goes on to say, We Fuck Till It Bleeds, which, you know, it doesn't sound particularly good. Um, you mean, you mentioned Sweet Relief. And my shadow, there's just the line, you know, do you yeah. s- do you spit or swallow? Um, which, you know, is. I mean, the it is what it abysmal's is. Abysmal's the 
it's abysmal is not only a masterpiece like yeah it's just the it's a nod it's a nod to slayer if you haven't heard it it's a it's de- a definite nod to slayer play season of the abyss before and after the song lyrically it's just filthy i mean the chorus is i mean when it erupts he says i'd be better off covered and lie like he just wants to fucking dissolve himself um and be eaten by dogs it's pretty it's a pretty filthy yeah i mean the chorus is this one is abysmal this one is a one-way ticket down. Yeah, like, it's like he's... It's almost ref- re- self-referential yeah, of the actual person, song. Yeah, he's like... Yeah. It's like he's outside of... Yeah, third-person reference. Like, I'm complete shit. <laughs> Out- outside... It's a lot different from, like, Lemmy talking about being, you know, I'm a dirty dog that drinks all the time. He's like, no, this guy, yeah. meaning me, I'm complete shit. <laughs> but, you know... Um, like what what the lead singer Peter Dolphin is singing about is one thing but the way that his performance on the album is one of my absolute highlights and what makes this album so good to listen to I read in one of the reviews earlier that there's a lot of praise for um, his kind of desperately passionate and aggressive style like he definitely yeah. like he reminds yeah, I said, me he's screaming like his life depends on it he's giving it all his all that's where that's where it succeeds yeah i mean he's got i think he's got quite a unique voice i really like the more hardcore aspect of what he brings to the table i think he's got a lot of range you know there's there's screams shouts there's growls there's like when he has when he does the more clean you know um, vocals they're not clean wishy-washy super emotional they're like they have like their ballads like in his performance and tied with what he's singing about has a really creepy yeah dirty dirty vibe I i can't help but wonder what an entire album would sound like if they did songs like that yeah yeah exactly um I was reading one of my reviews. Like I'm familiar with the album that came after this, but n- not to the level that I am with this one now after reading the lyrics. But apparently, his lyrics in the the follow up to this require a second read as well. Oh so, Christ! All right, yep. So who knows what's going on in the guy's head? But you know, what he does, he does exceptionally well, and his his style isn't like this. So bear with me a second. But it kind of reminds me. A little bit of um, Ollie Sykes and Bring the Horizon, not because they don't they don't sound anything like each other. They just get that out of the way. Yeah. But more that in the aggression that they carry and their delivery feels so authentic and feels like they're always on the verge of like losing it, yeah, blowing okay. their voice. Like yeah. there's, there's like an uncontrollable authentic. aggression. Uh, authentic. Yeah. Very authentic. And actually, on that. Which is going back to my point. If if you're gonna ch- if you're gonna change up your style, as long as it's authentic, that's genuine, yeah. and that's that's what makes things good. If it, if you're trying too hard, and it's like over dramatic and cheesy, it ain't gonna fly. But yeah, you're absolutely right. This guy's giving it his all. The one thing that I don't think is particularly authentic is 
the accent, right? Because I'm sure I'm not alone in thinking that obviously there's the hardcore element, but and maybe English is a second language. Some of the the word choices don't really make sense. It's like, why did he use that word? Maybe, maybe. I mean, he is he's also singing with a heavily sort of American sensibility. Like I, I would say that at times he's going out of his way to do a bit of a Phil Anselmo esque kind of kind I of style. I thought about down. I thought about down. Even like some of his spoken word parts reminded me a little bit of Mike Patton in some. Certain wow. faith no more okay. Okay. I might be completely off I'm throwing out all random references here so <laughs> I might be completely off it but like that's the, I love his performance on hit, on this so I won't I won't shit on it it's just that you can you can sense a few when you know where he comes from yeah and you know what he sings like you can see where he gets his influences from you know, yeah if that makes sense um, we don't know anything about the guy. We don't know where he grew up and etc. So it might be completely off it, but that was just my my take. But while we're talking about his vocal delivery, this is tied to the the guitars as well. But my favorite part, you said "Abysmal" was your favorite track, which I think is absolutely amazing as well. Big time. Um, but the bridge on "99," which is the second track. Yep. It probably my favorite part of the entire album and another bring me the horizon reference you know we talked about um when we reviewed uh there is a heaven whatever it's called yeah there is a hell and then and then and something then, and else yeah, yeah, yeah. um there's a track on that called black mitch has Less. a tattoo around his waist yeah shout out to mitch um the track blacklist when he screams blacklist over that riff yeah. it's like earth shattering yeah I, I, I feel exactly the same way on the bridge when um, he screams no one gets out alive just as it yeah just as it kicks into the halftime version of the chorus and man when you listen to that there's so much power in that <clears throat> that's I my second favorite I love that track yeah, that's number two for me no one gets out alive. let me give you a couple of additional thoughts like I think his Peter Dolphin's um, performance on the album is one of my big main reasons for loving this, but also it's just a, an album chock full of great guitar playing. You know, obviously, always something that appeals to me. I think almost every. It's definitely got your signature sound on it. <laughs> I was going to ask you whether you re- whether yeah, you, when you listen to it, you're like, yeah, always. you know, this is why I like always. it. Always, like, I'll, I'll go a step further. When I listen to certain albums, this one included, all I can imagine is you like picking up your guitar and like playing. I I can see you playing these licks. Yeah, I'm, I actually. I Have actually you never, ever tried? Never tried to play. Oh, you gotta these, you gotta learn abysmal. Oh, I mean, the the guitars across this entire album. I think almost every song has one hook. Yeah. That hooks that I really like. It's really catchy. Yeah. It's really catchy. I mean, you mentioned there's obviously like a huge Slayer sound. Like they've mastered that creepy riff, and there is just the way that they have like this. They kind of bring that creepy meandering style of a riff with all these. I don't even know what kind of the chord system is like Phrygian or mm. just these odd sounding notes that just make it sound super creepy that obviously Slayer do so Dissonance. well. Dissonance. Exactly. Yeah. 
they do that so well on the sort of chorus to makes you uncomfortable yeah <laughs> chorus to 99 as a bridge riff on no compromise the start of liquid burns feels very slayer-esque like we talked about this as a, there's 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 parts of this album that i think sound quite familiar to god hates us all by slayer like um the track disciple kind of springs to mind from that sure album. especially tr- at the beginning of the album yeah but you know abysmal that you were talking about before the um the, like, the guitarmonies that they have right at the end of that track, mm-hmm. the outro is just phenomenal. Yeah. So, so catchy. Um, so I just I just love the guitars throughout the album. It's it's really, really difficult to listen to this album without banging your head. Yeah. And I think that overall, this might sound, you know, in, in the wrong ears, this doesn't sound particularly good, but it's such an aggressive album and I think that's what kind of makes it one of those great metal albums that is good for working out getting yeah. a bit of aggression out I it's, thought, it's quite, I, I thought it's quite about cathartic it. I was like, I was like I, bet, I, bet, I bet now I hit the gym with this one I did this morning man. And I was like <laughs> listen to it and I was like it's 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 perfect it's almost yeah. the amount of time that that you would work out in the gym, say like fifty-two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's perfect for that, and you know, I th- I think you know some of the the reviews, the diversity on on offer with the different types of music. I think it, it caters to it, there's something for everybody in it, and you know, it works for me. I think. Yeah, and the harsh reviews I think are too harsh. Yeah, they're exactly. Not, they're not. Well, it's it goes back to that thing like you just want things to be one speed. Yeah, that guy he, he, he gave himself away at the end of that review. So you you slow it down and um, and then that's not thrash anymore apparently. Right. Um, some uh, some other. I mean, you mentioned abysmal is your favorite, yeah. Uh, yeah, abysmal is my fr- hands down. Like that's just the clear cut winner on this album. I've already listened to it about five times today. And then 99 is like just a thrash banger. Yep. And then I got to go with the other slowed down bluesy creeper burnt to a shell. Yeah, dude. Because again, the lyrical con when you get into the lyrical content, it's just filthy. Yeah. This guy is so de- self-deprecating. And, you know, yeah, I, 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 I talked about... His choice of words, because he's, you know, he's Swedish, but the lyrics, <laughs> it doesn't matter when it comes to self-deprecation. I mean, you, you fucking get it. And on Abysmal and Burnt to a Shell, they're both self-deprecating tracks where you're just like, this guy, this guy might need some, some help. I don't know, because they're pretty, they're pretty, they're pretty lowly tracks, man. His bandmates, his bandmates were like... You right, yeah, you're right. Need a hug. <laughs> Everything okay. But um, burnt to a shell was definitely one of my highlights. Like that is right. That is when I just think, how can you look at that sound and that song? How can you listen to that song and have a problem with them expanding their sound to taking that because it's so creepy and also the the chorus probably the best chorus on the album. When and and the lyrics actually on this one, like I th- I think is so cool when he says, uh, "So when I die, leave my remains into the fire." 
that's like that is yeah the whole song send me another mile down complete the divide everything must go i know when it's my turn to ride hell is my desire for truth and pride the other thing that i wanted to point out about his um his delivery on this album is that i think the transitions that he pulls off between the various different whether it's from like a more melodic part into a screaming part they're just so filled with you mean within the songs or between songs in the songs yeah between the songs the transitions that he pulls off just adds so much yeah of that sort of desperate dark attitude and i think that with the chorus the burnt to a shell is incredible but then as he on the second chorus when he screams burnt to a shell over like the bridge riff and into the end of the song yeah you're reminding you're reminding me of that fact yeah no you're reminding me of that fact i I, it's so good i take it for granted but you're absolutely right um the fact that he can do that so yeah yeah oh he's he's, good good shout he's got a lot going for him on this album but 99 that's that's you know, you go on a Spotify, that's their most popular song. And there's a, you know, there's a Is reason it? for that. They, you know, it's it's a thrash banger, like you said. It's got those triplets. It's it's very yeah. galloping. Yeah. Yeah, I've got no idea what it's about. No. Like, <laughs> you know, part of me was like, there's a part where he says, cash money up front, we're all part of the scam. I started to think, is this some kind of like, um, you know, evangelical sort of society but then the chorus 99 99 knives like that i mentioned that bridge part where he screams no one gets out alive like there's also listen to this because um we didn't touch on this when we were talking about the horribles like you know the cd side of this Mm. Last last verse, there's a line, preteens given head in the back room, yeah. a family built on abuse. Like, Yeah, I'm like, you can't say that at the end of the song. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for all we know, this is just like... Is that, is that, 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 horrible his, is that him, his together. sister? Like, who's doing what? Who, who, who's, who's given head in the back of a room before they're a teenager? I know. Yeah, I... Just pretending that isn't happening on the song because it's such a good song, but that's <laughs> fucked up, man. Um, but I mean, the riffs on that just and the the bridge, a favorite part on the album, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and then my my last track, actually, funnily enough, uh, that was one of my highlights is one of the bonus tracks uh, called "Fire Alive." Mm. And the reason I like this is very sort of down to my personal taste because. It's got serious testament vibes on this. Like, it's got it's got such a good main riff, but those like who likes testament? This guy. Hey, you, one of the best yeah. thrash bands of all time. Yeah. And like you said, if you're going to emulate yeah. someone, emulate the best. And yeah. I just think that song is like classic thrash. Got a great, great main riff that like really has that kind of testament kind of creepy. Uh, harmonized guitar line um the chorus there's a few there's a few chanting as they as they shout a fire alive this is another one where i've not really much idea what they're talking about um whatever i'll say is like that song is just pure class and it makes me think you know if if i had like some slight 
critiques, negative critiques on this album. It would be that maybe there's a, I wouldn't call some of the tracks filler, as go as that, mm. go as far to say that, but I will say that there are a few tracks in there that there are that, that they they feel a little bit similar in their approach. Um, I'm thinking, sweet relief, who will decide, smut king, like have that really high octane kind of style. It makes me think like why a track like fire alive, in my opinion, would be deemed a bonus song when it's actually one of my favorite. But maybe that's just a personal personal. Who thing. needed smut king for something to talk about, right? That's true. Let's, let's... Like, whoa, okay, okay. Yeah, exactly. They were they were like, should we include this or not? <laughs> yeah, he was like, I was just just checking. He did. He's write... like, I wrote the song about my my Pornhub history. <laughs> yeah, um, but then like like you say, funnily enough, you know the we we had this we had this theory that there is um, some of the content is so dark. Is it self-referential? Who knows? But ending with a song, My Shadow, even when it comes to the limited edition, which they, you know, when you're putting a bonus track onto an album, it tends to be it comes after the album has finished. Yeah. They've put that intentionally at the the back end of the album each time, which makes me think My Shadow is this kind of all hope is lost ending to the story and like a... Yeah. An, an admittance of like judgment or you know based on some of the themes that we've heard earlier in the album yeah i'm worried about the guy <laughs> <laughs> well he's no longer in the haunted so maybe the rest of the band were too no i'm definitely uh what's the word intrigued to to take a deeper dive like i gotta i'm making a note to i want to read the, the lyrics of the album afterwards yeah same actually but if you wanted to listen to um i would go back and listen to the debut album okay like, i mean that's like pretty yeah. serious thrash that's really cool all right let's wrap this up they're coming out the gates yeah exactly <laughs> straight on the back of that yeah uh any final thoughts and your your rating no it was another another fun one man i mean again it's a, a band that it's been on the radar. Uh, it's a blip on the radar, and I, I responded to the ping and took took, <laughs> took a dive. And uh, I'm not I'm not upset. It was it was fun. Out of ten. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Nice. Because um, I, mean, I I just expand on that. It's a seven because uh, there's some good. There's definitely the hit tracks that I that I appreciate. But I don't find myself returning it to this album anytime soon. If it's at the if it's on the jukebox at Duff's, I'm gonna play those three songs oh, hands hands down. Fantastic Duff's on um, this, and I'm gonna play them on eleven. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely I'm more interested again like 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 a lot of art and artists. I'm in, more interested in like we said the other lyrical content and their other albums. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm inspired to explore more. Well, it come as no surprise to you that I've rated this a little bit higher. I've actually gone nine out of ten. Woo! Um, the reason that I go for uh, everything I said before, I just think this is such a rip roaring, awesome, fun album, a guitar player's album without a doubt, um, yeah. and the the sort of aggression and the riffs and 
everything just makes this an album that I actually go back to like a lot. There is, I've got three to six tracks that I would happily listen to and never skip again, like off this album. There are definitely some, some songs on the album that, you know, we mentioned, I don't know whether I'd necessarily say they were filler, but I wouldn't say they were like yeah. of the, of the caliber of the others, but I just feel like I like the good songs in this album so much that it doesn't really bother me that those songs aren't so good. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've I've Fair yet, enough. yet to get tired of this, so 9 out of 10 for me. Excellent. So, The Haunted would follow this album up in 2006 with The Dead Eye. That was the... I saw them on that tour with Municipal Waste. So you should definitely check that out. And also let's let's both make an effort to read the content of those lyrics if they are as exciting as we think they may be. Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, quick check on set lists and what this album meant to the, the future of the band. So the last set list I've been able to dredge up is from September 14th, 2019 in Polketten, Lisburg, in Gothenburg, Sweden. They had a set list of 20 songs and on that set list they played 99. They played uh, All Against All and they played No Compromise. No Abysmal, unfortunately. Uh, where does that one rank? Uh, we'll get to that. I mean, I can understand why they're, maybe that's not a, so much a live song for them. but I watched it live. Could... I googled it. Oh, well, there you go. Songs played total. Um, 99 is third with 179. No Compromise, which is the album opener, another banger. Seventh with 141. In the top 20, All Against All is 11 with 116. Um, Abysmal is 20th with wow. 47. Now, hey, divisive. You know, as, as always, you know, this is what we've been able to gather from Setlist FM. It's not... Yeah, I imagine it's not extensive. But of the albums that they have, of which they have nine, Revolver is the third most played in live sets with 520 times songs from that album have been played. All right, um, that pretty much wraps it up. Um, cheers for joining me on this one. Yeah. Over to you for the next. Yeah, um, and yeah good one, mate. If you, are, if you like what you listening to please remember to rate review and subscribe to the podcast find us on instagram find us on twitter uh, email us at metalrecallpodcast at gmail.com for any indian band suggestions yeah shout out to india get get back at us yeah we'll do a we'll do a tour over to india at some point in the future perhaps i i, I say we do an episode and we, yeah. we 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 tackled top top three so give yeah. us the top three yeah for sure who's carrying the torch all right, mate. Cheers for that. All right. Till next time.